Welcome to Mental Health Matters with Marty. My name is Martina Sellers, marriage and family therapist. I am a mental health professional in the state of California and will serve as your host and mental motivational hygienist on this podcast. Each week, it is my intent and desire to bring you inspirational messages that will help you move from doubt and discouragement to encouragement and empowerment. Listen, don't suffer in silence, but speak up, speak out, and live. May is Mental Health Awareness Month, and I am so excited to be launching this new podcast during the month of May to help challenge and expose you to mental health challenges and issues in our communities, and that mental health is my focus. So listen, why Mental Health Matters with Marty? I am so glad you asked that question. I am passionate about dispelling the negative stereotypes and the stigmas behind mental health and mental health services, especially in our black and brown communities. We have for too long pacified and normalized mental health issues. We've swept our trauma under the rug. We've swept our hurt and harm under the rug and as if no one's going to trip over it. But too often our families have been tripping over it. We have been tripping over it and we have fallen into the pit of pity where we feel hopeless and ashamed but I'm saying no more no more hurt no more pain let's talk about it let's take back the covers and let's really talk about and share our stories to help ourselves and to help others I put together kind of this four-step process that I think is real good and that I'm excited to share with you. First and foremost, we have to stop suffering in silence. In other words, we have to adjust our attitudes about mental health services. What do we have to do? We got to get rid of the stinking thinking and the fallacies behind mental health services. Too often, we fear what we don't understand. That's just another word for anxiety. When we don't understand something, we can't control something, we get this fear, and then things get out of control, and we make a problem bigger than it actually is. Listen, the purpose of mental health services and the purpose of me as a clinician is not to tell you what to do. Listen, that's your choice. I can't make that choice for you, but I am here simply to serve as a coach, as an instructor, as a guide, or whatever you might need. Listen, my job is to help to point out and help you to recognize negative patterns and choices that have led you to where you're at. Most of us are are full of fear, hurt, disappointment, anxiety, anger, you know, uh, and this is not working for many of us. And yes, it does take a lot of work. I share with my patients all the time, listen, therapy can sometimes get worse before it gets better because we have to peel back the layers of trauma and the years of agony and distress and all these things that you've been carrying around as baggage, unnecessary baggage, baggage that you should have thrown in the garbage, but we like it because it's comfortable But in that time, my job is to help you recognize what baggage do we need to throw out and what do we need to repack and repurpose and what do we need to give away? Too many of us are carrying burdens that we should not be carrying. And that's part of our first step with Mental Health Matters with Marty. Stop suffering in silence. Listen, we have some stigmas around depression, PTSD, trauma, marital problems, parenting problems, etc. Shame and embarrassment that our family has a problem. Listen, 
Can you please tell me one family that doesn't have a problem? I don't care who you are. Everyone has problems. Everyone at some time in their life are going to face issues, whether it's anxiety, depression, breakup, heartache. Listen, those are all problems that just come with life that we all face. Listen, we fear of exposing our family secrets. We have to stop that, especially in our communities of colors. Who cares? Listen, the truth be told. We already know anyway. We're just waiting for you to finally admit it. Listen, <laughs> that's the truth. But we have to stop the negative stigma around mental health. That's our first step. The second step is this, y'all. Real simple. Speak up. Speak up. Our attitudes about mental health has to change. Listen, some of the, the common stigmas include this. Mental health services are for rich white folks. It's a rich white man's disease. That's a lie. Mental health has no respect of a person, their status, uh, their sex, their orientation, their belief, or, or anything. Listen, mental health is an equal opportunity employer. Let me say that one more time. Mental health is an equal opportunity employer. It doesn't care about you and your situation. Listen, it will attack you just like it attacks me. But here's the difference. We have to find help. If you are sick, listen, you go to the doctor. Why is it all right for us to go to the physical doctor, but we don't think it's all right to go to get a mental health professional to help us in our daily problems, our daily challenges? That's asinine that we would not go to see a, a physical doctor if we're sick, if we have a broken limb. What, I'm just going to let that limb fall off? Well, some of us probably have letting it fall off. But what about our brains? What about our minds? Our minds are hurting. We have to speak up and say, I'm hurting. So what are some other uh, common stigmas that happen? Uh, we talk about how men, especially black men, are the least receptive to mental health services. Oftentimes, black men have bought into the myth that they don't need help. Black men have bought into the myth that that we don't need to share our problems. We're to suck it up. We're to man up. Uh, we don't we don't carry. We don't share these things. We know how to fix it. Listen, we've been suffering way too long with that negative stinking thinking that we got all of our sugar, honey, iced tea together when we don't. I am not afraid to say, listen, I've had some problems. I have mentors. I have a therapist, all of that thing, because I needed help and I got tired of bumping my head over the same situation time and time and time again. And we have to stop thinking that we have it all together. What are some other stigmas? Lack of information and services in our black and brown communities. Lack of trust in partners and providers. In other words, poor experiences in the past as it may have pertained to mental health services or can we even talk about just health services in general? Uh, small portions of mental health providers in our black and brown communities. There's just not enough uh, of providers in these communities, therefore lack of information, therefore mistrust in that. Can we even talk about mistrust and why mistrust is in there? If we look at how we've been misdiagnosed, overdiagnosed, underdiagnosed, we've been given pills, we've been giving wrong information to deal with our problems. There is also small portions of mental health providers in our black and brown communities. Lack of insurance, 
underinsured, no access to free medical services. Those are all contributing problems to the stigmas that we have about mental health services. Lack of cultural competency and professionals in the mental health field. Listen, as a black male therapist, I represent maybe, and I'm saying this generally, 2% of the mental health profession. Let me say that again. As a black male therapist, I represent maybe 2% of the mental health services profession. That's a problem. That's why men don't come because they can't provide, uh, get to people that look like them who might understand problems that they go through. We have to be more culturally competent and, and even related to as it goes to men and women and uh, being black and brown and our experiences growing up in urban communities rural communities in that regards. Listen, and then if we're looking at all of black therapists as a whole, black men and black women, we represent less than 5% of the mental health profession. That's another problem. And sidebar, sidebar, less than 2% of the American Psychology Association members are black professionals. That's a problem. And we have to make sure that these uh, associations are being better and doing a better job at reaching out to therapists of color, black, brown, Asian, because we make up a huge population and we cannot be just single, single focus in what we do, but we have to spread out the diaspora and what we do and how we treat um, our patients and clients. There's an also an overall apprehension and distrust for the medical system as a whole. There's prejudice, discrimination within the healthcare field. There's over and under medicated, especially in when it comes to psychotropic meds with that, because if you get the wrong diagnosis, then if you're prescribed medication based upon a diagnosis that does not fit you, you're going to have um, some side effects and they can be quite damaging and deadly and harming to us. So we need more confident and competent therapists, psychiatrists, psychologists to help make sure that we are getting the proper diagnosis and the proper medications. For example, let me give you this example. One of my favorite examples to share is oftentimes a black man or a black child is labeled as being angry. And then therefore, because they're being labeled as being angry, they're therefore diagnosed with oppositional defiance disorder or conduct disorder or some sort of behavioral disorder, ADHD, in that where in actuality, if you were to take the time to find out where this anger lies, most of our men, most of our black male children are angry because they are depressed and they have not been taught how to express depression because men aren't supposed to cry. Men are not supposed to be weak. Men are not supposed to show emotion. So it's like having that soda can that you're shaking and you're shaking and you're shaking and the slightest crack then we explode all over everyone. Not because, yes, we're angry, but not because we're being oppositional defiant, but because we've had to press and suppress all those emotions down so long till we just crack under the pressure. And then, oh, that's it. He's angry. I told you he was angry. I told you he was oppositional. I told you he was defiant. Get him out of here. Instead of taking the time and saying, listen, I hear you. 
I see your anger. How can I help? What's going on? What's the root cause of that? And giving him permission to cry, giving him permission to break something, giving him permission to run, to scream, to holler, to get it out. We have to get these things out if we're going to survive in this world. And misdiagnosis and inadequate treatment and treatment towards communities of color. We have to be culturally sensitive about how we're treating cultures of color. The third thing is what I call speak out, speak out. For example, when we're talking about treatment issues, listen, black and brown people make up 60% of the prison population. Of that, 37% of those arrests are drug related. Now listen to this staggering number here, but 14% of those drug arrests are for regular drug users. And these are possible addicts. But why is this statistic so important? We have to think about, listen, an illicit drug use is frequently associated with self-medication or self-medicating those who have serious mental health issues such as bipolar, such as schizophrenia, such as PTSD, such as other traumas. And because they may or not, may not have one, access to uh, mental health professionals, no insurance, not getting the proper medications because they're not properly diagnosed. It's cheaper to get a dime bag than to go get uh, to get evaluated by a professional. And with that, it's cheaper to get a bottle, a fifth of Hennessy and, 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 and use that as a way of coping and medicating your pain so we don't have to deal with it. And, and as a result of that, we're then locking up these, these people that should get help and not be in prisons. We have to also balance those situations out. Are they a, a, a criminal or are they using these things to medicate their mental health disorders because no one told them Listen, you have a, a mental health disorder and we can help get you through this. That's some of the speaking out we have to do. Another staggering statistic which hurts my heart. Listen, suicide is the second leading cause of death among African-American children between the ages of 15 and 24 years old. Let me say that one more time. Suicide is the second leading death of African-Americans between the ages of 15 and 24 years old. Now, suicide among men, black men, are four times higher and greater than that of the same age group of young black women. And young black men are more intentional and successful and die in more brutal ways, such as lying down on the railroad tracks, jumping in front of the buses, jumping off of bridges, and using firearms as a means to end their lives. And finally, let me share this as well. Suicide in black children. This is what is so staggering. Between the ages of 10 and 14 have increased 233% over the past 15 years, and each year is surpassing the previous year. This is a crisis. We have to speak out about this. We can no longer allow our children to suffer in silence, but no one is talking about it. We have to talk about it. We have to shout from the rooftops. We have to shout from the corners. We have to shout in the church. We have to shout at the grocery stores. We have to shout in the schools. There's a a problem and we have to pay attention to this problem. And the reason I'm so passionate about this problem is because I know of a young man 
His name was Richard Love, who was 22 years old, who was suffering so bad and could not end up not getting the proper treatment that he needed. And the police just kept calling him a nuisance. And I remember the first time when I met him, he looked at me and said, are you going to look at me and cause me and call me oppositional just like everyone else? And I said, no, you're hurting, you're sad, and you're depressed. And after I began to talk to him, I began to understand why he was angry. I began to understand why he was hurting. I began to understand why he was depressed. And I validated him. I said, you have every right to be pissed off at your family. You have every right to be pissed off at at the legal system, at the school system, because everyone that was supposed to protect you has failed you and left you to manage things on your own. And and he began to, uh, I noticed he began to lose weight. Now he was this 16, 15 year old athlete. And I met him when he was about 16. And he began to lose weight. And I kept noticing, why are you losing weight? And he shared with me that the only thing he felt he had control over in his life was his food intake. And he decided that He was going to stop from eating because that was the only thing he made a choice in doing that. No one else could force him to do that. He didn't want to take his meds. He didn't want to eat. And so to have a young black man, uh, uh, 16 years old, who could not finish a bowl, a chicken bowl from Kentucky Fried Chicken, bothered me. So every time we would meet, I would buy him a chicken bowl because that's what he loved. And we would sit and talk over a chicken bowl. But in the midst of everything, like county and all of that, they dismiss cases and everything. And my heart hurt. And we have this, you know, uh, you can't follow up. You can't do this, this, and this. I'm trying to get him services and everything. And then about three years later, I got a call from his mother. And because I got that call, I just said, he's dead, isn't he? And she just broke down and cried and said, yes. And this young man took a bus from Southern California to Northern California. And that bus ride is about a 12-hour ride. In a car, it's about an eight-hour drive, six, uh, about seven, eight-hour drive. But on a bus, it's about 12-hour uh, ride. And he went to the Golden Gate Bridge and jumped off of the Golden Gate Bridge to end his life. I will never forget Richard Love. And I will speak from every rooftop I can to share that his life is has not and will not be in vain because his life meant something. And he just needed to be reminded that he is love. And the tragic thing is his last name was Love. And the thing he cried out for the most was love. So we have to speak out. And finally, with that, we have to live. Why do I say that? Because Richard, you were created for greatness. And people, we are created for greatness. We are created to be in relationship. We are created to dream the big dream. We are created to explore new visions. We are created to live not just any life, but our best life. Speak up, speak out and live. It's my desire. Listen, I just want to give you a preview of what's to come. 
During season one, we're going to be talking about and addressing the challenges of speaking up. During season two, we're going to be talking about the challenges of speaking out. And finally, in season three, we're going to be talking about how to live. Listen, Mental Health Matters with Marty will always bring about relevant issues, especially in our black and brown communities. Listen, mental health is for everyone. But because I am a black male therapist, my, my, my point of view is always going to be helping communities of color. Although, again, mental health is, is for everyone and mental health does not discriminate. It is my desire to always discuss the latest and greatest in the profession while introducing to you mental health professionals all over the country who are equally passionate about stopping the stigma about mental health services. There's so much more to cover, y'all, so much more, such as topics as faith in mental health, Black foster youth and mental health, mental health and the LGBTQ community, mental health and the black LGBTQ community, youth and mental health, couples, singles, elderly. The topics are endless that we can go on to. And that's what we want to do here with Mental Health Matters with Marty. I want to thank you for joining me. You could have chosen any other podcast to listen to. And I am so excited and glad that you chose this one in this journey called life. I don't want you to suffer in silence in the shadow of shame. It is my desire to break the negative stigma behind mental health and wellness. Remember always to speak up, speak out, and live. Until next time.